to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. A lot of people that need Jesus this week, and we have that hope. That hope lives in us. Amen. And uh, man, it's been, it's been a crazy week. Uh, yesterday was a really difficult day. I was kind of battling back and forth uh, between, you know, what, what to do. And uh, after a lot of prayer and, you know, just kind of talking it over a little bit, we decided that it was best just to uh, do an online only service just for the safety of, of our people. Uh, believe it or not, as a pastor, I have a burden for uh, the people that attend our church and, and especially our, our Spanish congregation. Many of them are, are older and we just want to, we just wanted to be careful. It seems like everyone seems to be doing their part. How is the church not going to do their part? Uh, so that was, that was my, my thought. And there's obviously, obviously no judgment to those who are, are still gathered uh, this morning um, in, in, in worship. Uh, we, we, want, we just, we just want to share Jesus this morning. Amen. That's, that's the point of all this. And I think, you know, I, I, I logged on this morning um, to our Spanish Facebook live feed and everyone was there. I think that was the first time uh, the majority of people were on time to church. And uh, so praise God for that. But, you know, we, we, this week has been one of the most hysterical weeks that we've seen in a long time. And we live in Houston. And, you know, we know a thing or two about hunkering down and living without power and, and, and supplies for a couple of weeks. But this is something that has hit the entire world. And uh, the response to it has been so wildly mixed between those who are like, ah, it's just, it's just hype. It's nothing to worry about. And then those who are like building like a, like a, a bomb shelter and stockpiling on toilet paper for the next several months. And, and, uh, and then of course, in the midst of any crisis, there's always, there's always politics involved and there's always criticism from either side. And, uh, it's just all been crazy. And what I want to remind you of this morning church is yes, yes, this is a virus. Yes, this is a, a global pandemic. This is a national state of emergency. People are worried about more reasons than just getting sick. They're worried about what if, what if I can't go to work? But all of this is, yes, is a cause for concern, but I want to encourage you to think about the opportunity. There is an opportunity here. It's an opportunity because anytime the world is looking for hope, that's when the church needs to be the most proactive. This is a time to remind people that God is sovereign. God is the name above every name. He is powerful. There is nothing that can conquer him. There is, he has no rival. Man, I was getting down with that song because he ha- truly has no equal. He is above every storm, every storm. And, and we know that. And so we want to provide that hope to the world. Um, this is not the time for Christians who serve the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end, who know what the power of God can do to fear. It is not the time to fear. And one of the verses that have been circul- uh, circulating on social media, you've probably seen it this week, 2 Timothy 1.7, says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Amen. And we, we quote that first part. That's, in fact, that's, that's the majority of what I saw um, this week. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But then we often forget about the next part. 
And the next part, I believe, is equally important to the first part because it tells us what God has replaced fear with. Self-control. I want to start. I want to pick that apart a little bit. Self-control is our ability to stay below the threshold of chaos. It's our ability to stay below overreacting and below the drama and the rage and the anchor. It's It's a mental discipline. And in this passage, it's a spiritual discipline as well. It's, it's when you're in a situation that normally, for most people, stimulates panic and worry, but instead you remain at peace knowing that God is in control of all things. Some versions might even say a sound mind. You can have no fear, but still be uh, sensible about the things that are going on. You can still practice wisdom. And, and caution without being afraid. And, you know, that's what we've done today. That's what, that's what many people, many churches around the nation have done today. They've exercised sensibility while remaining in control of our emotions and not panicking. When the world panics, we don't have to. And when they ask you, when someone asks you, how are you feeling with all this. In fact, I was, I was asked this question by one of my cousins yesterday. Uh, he, he said, on a, on a scale one to 10, what, what's your panic level? And, and when they ask you, why are you so calm? Why, why, why is everything, why are you so at peace? Why are you not freaking out like the rest of the world? You can answer, well, because I know the God that covers me. I, I know that he's in control of all things. This doesn't come to as a surprise to God. I know that this cannot overcome God, and by placing my fear in this, I undercut my faith in who my God is. In these days, church, we must rise above the panic and the chaos and be still and know who God is. Uh, The verse also says, he has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love. This is an opportunity to show kindness and compassion and and not, not selfishness and not anger, uh, it's a time to be considerate. It's a time. It's a time to be gentle, man. You know, gentleness is is one of the fruits of the spirit that we don't really pay a lot of mind to. It's like it's like at the bottom of the list. We're like, oh, it's not that important, right? Gentleness. We forget because we we live in a we live in a society that says, hey, you got to be bold. You got to tell them like it is. And while that's true, we've forgotten how to be gentle in the process. And when be, when people become vicious. Our natural instinct is to join in the conversation with the same type of rhetoric. And in doing so, we hardly ever show love. We don't look like the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is, is, is beautiful. She's worthy. Um, this earlier this week, I saw this post from, from, uh, from someone, an old friend, we can say, and uh, she was a worship, she's a worship leader, and she's one of those people that, you know, feels the need to voice her opinion before thinking about what she says. And um, she made this comment that was, in my opinion, very, very far from anything that Jesus would have ever said. And we'll just, we'll just say that. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, this is a time to be loving. This is the time to be uh, caring for people, being kind to people, be gentle with people. Um, and then the first point that he makes, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power. Say that with me. Power. If you're at home, power. power. There was power in the mighty name of Jesus. There is power that he has filled his people with. Power. 
which is a great segue to end our series. Uh, we're concluding our series. We've been in one all month long. It's called Moved, uh, Led, and Empowered. Those are the three points. The mission of our church is to be a church that is moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we want to live that out. So today we're talking about empowerment, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I was preparing for this message, and there's a lot of scriptures that talk about the power of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's a lot, especially in Acts, and that's where I want to be preaching from this morning, Acts chapter 4. This is shortly after the disciples um, are told by Jesus, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, And they received it, and they began to walk in that power. And immediately after, Peter goes and he delivers a message of salvation. Thousands are saved. Peter and John heal this, this man who's on the street. Uh, he's a lame beggar. He doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to walk. And, and, and he's really just asking for money. And, and Peter and John say, money I do not have, but what I have, I will give to you. Get up and walk. And he wasn't even asking for a healing. That's crazy sometimes, man. Sometimes we don't, we fail to realize how powerful our God is that we settle for less in our prayers than what God is more than capable of delivering. Maybe you've settled by asking God for a treatment when God can deliver the cure. Maybe, you know, our, our, our church, we need, we need to be praying that God, you kill this virus. Don't just weaken it. Don't just lessen it. Don't just let it go away a little bit. Kill it because we know that you can do that. And so there is power in the name of Jesus. The apostles knew that. They worked in that power. They were being effective men of God, just as as Christ had promised. But there were some who did not understand the power that they were living in. And they were mad about it. And they witnessed it. And they criticized it. And, And they put Peter and John into custody until they could ask them some questions. And that's where we're going to pick up Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 11. First, can I just say, not everyone is going to understand the power that you walk in. I want you to, I want you to get that. Not everyone is going to understand. Some people are going to laugh at you when you pray in faith. They're going to criticize you. They're going to wonder why you're having church at not church. Like, why are you doing that? Just, just skip a day. Just go eat breakfast. Just, you know, just hang out. Why are you, what's going on? What's going on in your home that you're, that you're speaking in tongues and that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're in tears, that you've got your hands lifted high to God. And there's not even a band in your house. How is it? How is it that you feel there's power? They're not going to understand it. They're not going to understand your unreasonable faith. They may look at you funny, but Christ had promised his power to those who walk in the spirit of God. Acts chapter four, beginning with verse five, it says on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you 
well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has now become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I want to title my, my word today, by what power? By what power do you live in? By what power do you walk in? In whose name do you put your faith in? Is it man? Because look, it's easy to do that. Um, I'll admit, man, man, humans are very, very capable beings. Mankind has accomplished some incredible things. I mean, the, the fact that we're able to have church online is a testament to that. I mean, we've created incredible technologies. We can travel across the world um, because of air travel. And, and right now you can do that really, really cheap. Amen. <laughs> I, I sent a, I sent a screenshot to Danny yesterday. I was like, bro, let's go to Cancun. Like round trip was like 140 bucks, something like that. Let's just do it, bro. We can, we can detect weather patterns. I mean, we're, we're creative. Man has inc- uh, created some beautiful works of art and architecture. I mean, mankind is pretty impressive, but that says more about our creator than it does about ourselves because God created that. You look at a beautiful machine and, and, and you admire it, but then you ask yourself, man, who made this? This is awesome. And so we can look at ourselves and, and be tempted to put faith in man, but think about who created man. Think about who created the heavens, who created the stars, the universe, the all-powerful God. And Paul tells us in Ephesians, he says, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Mankind might be powerful, but it's not that powerful. It's not all powerful. And these are the types of battles here that Paul speaks about in Ephesians that we are not equipped to win on our own. We can't train for it. We can't get strong enough for it. We can't research enough about it. We're powerless against it. And so when we talk about power, we have to understand what we mean by power, because if we don't understand how God has replaced fear with power, we're going to just continue to walk in fear because we're not going to use, we're not going to know how to use the power that he's, that has been given to us. We have to understand it in order for it to have its full effect. When I was a kid, I was brought up to know Jesus. You know, I, I was told Jesus loves me. Jesus, you know, Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. I remember one time I, I was, I was brokenhearted because I asked my parents if they loved Jesus more than me. And they said, yes. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Like I'm your child. I'm your, first of all, I'm your, I'm your firstborn, which is already like a thousand points. Right. And, 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 but you love Jesus more than me. And, and I was, I was taught, I was brought up in church and people would tell me the things that Jesus did for me and Jesus loves us. And, and I, I, I got it. But in my mind, I really just thought to myself, wow, this Jesus guy is really nice, you know? But when I began to understand my need for salvation, when I understood the consequences of my sin and where it led to, that's when the power of the cross really changed my life when I understood it. So if you don't understand the power that's been granted to every believer who walks in the spirit, um, it might not mean as much to you. First, first of all, when we speak of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, 
we're speaking in very broad terms. First Corinthians tells us um, that the spirit distributes gifts as he determines. In other words, you may not always get to choose what you want. We, what we do choose is, is whether or not to walk in the spirit of God. And then he'll use you in any way that he determines because you're ready to be used. And that's the first thing that we can make note of here in this passage. The, the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope this morning that your home is filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope that there is more God than there is you. Because to be filled with one substance means to be empty of another. And so we cannot be full of ourselves and expect the Holy Spirit to work through us. We've been saying this all month, all month long. We, we must be a church that is driven by the Spirit of God. That means he makes every call. We are moved by him. We're not moved by emotion. We're not moved by fear. We are led by him. We are not led by a life of sin. And if we can get all of that right, then maybe we can be empowered by him. But it requires an emptying of self. More of you, Jesus. Less of me. The next thing that we can see here in the passage is that Peter and John, they, they exercised this power, but they weren't in it for their own glory. The power of the Holy Spirit is not for your personal benefit. It's for the edification of the saints. It's for the building of God's kingdom. You can't use God's gifts for your kingdom. You can't do that. It's not how it works. And see, the gifts that that Jesus gave to the apostles, I mean, it was extraordinary. It was something that no one else had seen before in ordinary uh, people and, and fishermen and, and this uh, great power was flowing through them. But it wasn't for their personal enjoyment. It, it, th- th- this power was attached to a mission and a purpose. And we cannot forget that. We cannot forget that when we receive the filling of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God begins to drop upon us wisdom and knowledge and faith like no one's ever seen before and patience that people are like, dude, how do you do it? And prayers that see results. The purpose of that power is not for you. It's to draw people into God's kingdom and say, look, all this glory doesn't belong to me. It's him. So right off the bat, If we want to position ourselves to receive this empowerment by the spirit of God, we have to know that we're not the beneficiaries of this power. We're simply the agents by which the power is carried out and used. Peter and John weren't in it to make money. They weren't in it. You know, they weren't trying to put on a show. They didn't care to be famous. All they cared about was to make Jesus famous, to make him known. And so when they heal this man who wasn't able to walk, they didn't say, you're welcome. They didn't, you know, they didn't say, all right, that'll be 20 bucks. You know, they, they, they said to Christ be the glory. Verse 10 says, let it be known by the name of Jesus. All this has been done by the name of Jesus. Miracles have happened by the name of Jesus. Salvation happens by the name of Jesus. You will be saved. You will be healed by the name of Jesus. And my question to you this morning, church, is and, uh, how can we use this power today? How, how can we use this power to glorify the name of Christ? Because if, if you're filled by the Holy Spirit, man, there is a power that is getting ready to be unleashed. 
It is, it's ready. It's there. But too many times that power that's been given to us, it goes unused. I mean, think, think about how many times God has given you a word to speak to someone and you, you silenced it. Like, God, no, not today. That you're asking too much. You're making me feel uncomfortable, God. Or we convince ourselves that it's not God. But there is power in your words because the words are from the Holy Spirit and we silence it. That person who just, you know, they, they need prayer in a moment of fear. Do you pray with them? Or do you say, that, that's fake news, bro. Don't listen to that. Don't worry about that. Or do, you, or do you pray with them and say, hey, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let me pray with you. So many people in the church have forsaken the power of God. And we've replaced it for different things. We've replaced it for trust in man uh, when man can't do all things. We've replaced the power of faith with doubt. We've, we, we've replaced the, the, the power of praying with expectancy for wishes. We've replaced the power of God for something that is not as powerful. But let me tell you, church, there is more for you. There is more for you. God has given you more. So my question this morning is, by whose power do you live in? Who has the power over you today? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it self-doubt? Maybe it's laziness. I mean, if there's anything that we can take from the scriptures this morning is that when the Holy Spirit empowers, things can happen. Things that don't normally happen, happen. Miracles happen. And, and, and people all over the world, even those who don't yet understand it, they're going to see it. They're going to see it, and they're going to be curious about it, and they're going to ask you about it, and that's our opportunity to draw them into what God is doing. And I encourage you this morning, church, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, wherever you are, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is, once again, an opportunity for the church to rise up and show compassion, show love, show self-control, show power because we have the hope that is Jesus. This morning, we, uh, we've really been tested because, you know, th- this, feels, this feels different. This feels very different. Um, and, and, you know, we were, the worship team was up here. We have, we have some people, some leaders here. Um, but it, just, it feels different ministering to people who aren't in the room. Um, and I, I, I told our worship team yesterday, hey, just remember that we worship vertically, not horizontally. And the same is true for you at home. Our first point of our mission is to be a church that is moved. And I believe God is testing us this morning to see how we are really moved. Are you moved by the atmosphere that creates a certain mood of worship? Are you moved by a band, by loud music that allows you to sing because the music draws you out 
Are you, are you moved by, by people and, and seeing people and seeing other people's emotions? Are you moved by that or will you only be moved by the Holy Spirit? And it doesn't matter if you're watching on a tiny screen. The, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit can penetrate that and fill your life wherever you are. So I'm kind of glad that we had this test this morning because the Holy Spirit is calling us to something more. The Holy Spirit wants to be number one in our lives. He doesn't want to have any equal. He doesn't want to have any partners. It's just, it's just God that we will be moved by, we will be led by, and we will be empowered by. I, I pray that as we wrap up this series, you, you, just, you just let that marinate. And I'm going to have the worship team come up. You, we be individuals. If we want to be a church that is moved, led, and empowered by God, we have to be individuals who are moved, led, and empowered by the power of God. It starts with you. It starts in your home. And so right now, we're going to do something. This is something we do every Sunday. And just because you're not present here, we're still going to do it. Um, if, you're, if you're watching online, and for, for everyone else here, go ahead and stand up. If you're, if you're watching online and, um, man, you, you don't, it's been a while since you've really felt the connection with God. Maybe it's been a while since you've talked to God. I want to, I want to encourage you today that there is life in Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power to, to drive out any fear, any anxiety. I mean, he defeated death. And I just want, I want to make a call to salvation. This is something that we do every Sunday. And, and praise God, we've been seeing salvations happen every, every week. And, and I believe today is not going to be an exception. If you're there this morning, and maybe you're gathered with your family, maybe you've got your wife or your husband and your kids, and you're just, you're, you're just watching, and you want to make a, a declaration right there. Maybe, maybe you haven't done it before. Maybe you've been af- afraid to, to, to raise your hand. I, I don't know what it is, but this can be a moment for you and your family to bring God into your home. And if you're there, and I'm going I'm to ask those who are here to extend their hands And if you're watching and, man, you've received Jesus in your life, you are walking with him, I want you to extend your hand as well. And I want us to unite in spirit. If you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, if you want to invite the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to be moved by him, to be led by him, to be empowered by him, I want you to say this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Because I know the power of the cross. And I know that I have lived a life of sin. But by your grace, my sin is canceled. By your power, I am made alive in you. And today, I want to dedicate my life. I want to dedicate my family to walking in the plan that you have for us. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you all control. I accept you today as my personal Lord and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, in this moment, fill me.
In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.